Hi, and welcome. You're listening to Asia Gaming Brief. I'm here with Daran Kandra from Nico Partners. I'm here to talk to us about some of the interesting trends that he's seen in the past year. Uh, welcome, Daran. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. Um, so I understand that you have a report that very recently came out. Uh, I think as as early as last Friday, um, a Nico Partners annual report looking at uh, the games industry. And when we say games, we're talking about video games here. Um, you know, looking at what's kind of happened in the last year and making some predictions for the year ahead. Um, mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about what your report um, is covering and and um, kind of just a little bit about uh, the various changes that you've made to the report? As you know, Nico Partners, we are a market research and consulting firm covering the video games industry in Asia, including esports. We always um, publish a yearly report. We call them the syndicated reports on PC games, mobile games, uh, and esports in Asia. Uh, starting this year, we include three new countries, Japan, uh, South Korea, and India. So now we, uh, we have like 10 countries in Asia that we cover. Obviously, COVID has had a very large impact on every industry that you can think of, uh, almost. How has the, the mobile games industry or PC games industry and console games industry, how has all of this been affected? Uh, oh, in esports as well, sorry. How has all of this been affected by COVID? So COVID is a double-edged sword, we say in Nico Partners, because in, on one side, it, mainstream, like it helped the mainstreaming of esports into the popular psyche. Where, whereas before COVID, like people wouldn't consider like gaming as a sport, but during the pandemic, during the lockdown, everyone starts playing esports games, and esports tournaments are the only sports tournaments, sports uh, air quote sports that are still available to watch uh, like daily compared to like other sports that are generally uh, halted because of the uh, virus. So uh, we see a uh, rise in the number of um, people streaming esports tournaments. We see a lot of uh, new records bro uh, broken in terms of uh, the number of watchers in esports tournaments. Like, like I think the last Mobile Legends uh, Premier League tournament in Indonesia garnered more than 2 million uh, concurrent users, which is like a new record for a mobile esports tournament. And we also saw a high number of people playing more games and playing, uh, spending more time playing games. Like we saw like an 80% increase in Indonesia, 90% increase in Japan, and like 80% increase in Korea for uh, various uh, sectors and level in gaming. So that's like one of the positive impact that positive impact that COVID has bring to the esports and gaming sector. Mm. I can use that word. On the downside, esports are also very um, reliant in the past to uh, offline events. So countries such as Singapore and Taiwan, they always uh, have like big esports events held in their respective uh, conference centers every year. But then because of the pandemic, nobody can hold like massive events with thousands of viewers anymore so mm. we see a lot of cancellation of offline events and then we see like a drop in the number of prize pools uh, given 
in esports tournaments across mm. Asia because those major tournaments, those big tournaments with offline uh, activities are canceled. Mm. Or even if they're moved online, we see a trend of uh, lowering the price pool because in general sponsors, they prefer offline events because then you can like directly right. target the, uh, the consumers while online events, people can like skip or like switch channels when they're, they're watching the tournaments. Do you think that it is a, a net gain or a net loss um, of what's happened with COVID? You know, you say that the, the number of watchers has increased, but at the same time, sponsorship revenue and these, you know, has dropped as a result of land-based tournaments going away. Mm -hmm. um, so do you think ultimately has COVID improved the esports situation or is it still, you know, better if it wasn't around? for the industry and in general it's kind of like in the middle because esports is very uh, tied to sponsorships to uh, offline tournaments like ticket sales merchandises mm. so with the pandemic uh, ravaging the world as we know it uh, the revenue from tournaments from tickets from merchandises are generally dropping and we mm we predict that if we if this situation continues like for like a prolonged time like if it's more than maybe three to four years then it will negatively impact the industry as a whole but if we get a like vaccine or a, something very soon hmm. and then offline events can continue maybe like next year or t in 2022 hmm. maybe uh, it will uh, fall like it will help the growth of the industry even more yeah, and actually, um, last week we came out with an infographic talking about you know when the vaccines are likely to come on, uh, come into play, and it, it's something like uh, by the end of twenty twenty one, we're going to see about one point five billion people vaccinated, and hopefully, you know, a large majority of the world by the end of twenty twenty two. So, you know, hopefully that that can spur some um, you know an uplift across all industries, mm -hmm. um, but just you know talking about um, the the kind of the impacts uh, this year. Do you think that th this increase in interest in esports, do you think that this will, this level of interest that has been growing in the last year, do you think this will continue over the next few years? In general, the trends, are, uh, the trend in the last five years are very positive for esports. So uh, the number of tournaments keep on rising across Asia and we see a lot of new uh, regulations and government policies that help spur the esports industry across Asia. Like for example, esports are now available and officially recognized as a like competitive sports or Olympic based sports in mm. Southeast Asia. So in Indonesia, in Philippines, in Singapore, in Thailand, the government agencies are all um, officially acknowledging esports as a sport. And we see like a shift uh, in recognition towards esports from like countries that are against esports such as japan like japan was uh notoriously known to be uh anti esports in the past because they equate esports with gambling mm. but starting this year like the japan esports uh union uh, they they can now uh operate and help in the development of the esports industry in japan mm. so, uh, similarly in korea we saw like six or five or six new regulations uh, to help in 
um, making the esports industry and esports sector in Korea more uh, viable because they had some uh, issues in the past because Korea is where the birthplace of esports in Asia and mm. they're like the very uh, saturated place for esports but with these new regulations that the Korean government issued this year uh, we see that Korean, uh, Korean esports industry will also grow even more like, mm. even during the pandemic and we, we believe that it will grow even more after the pandemic so perhaps um kind of what's happening and i always like to relate this back to gaming uh, gambling in, in certain ways yeah. um the way the governments are slightly starting to turn their eye towards gambling and regulated ga regulating gambling perhaps a similar thing is being seen for esports whereas they they had other fish to fry in the in the past with COVID, it's realigned their perspectives and they think, hey, actually, esports is something that we should look more into developing um, as a government or as a as a country, uh, you know, setting, setting up all these industry bodies to make it a, a more of a like a real solid product um, that can be consumed by their people. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, but Durang, thank you so much for joining me and, um, you know, I hope to see you soon. All right. Thank you for having me, Felix. Thank you. Mm -hmm.